0: Good evening. Let us resume the public worship of God this evening by singing to his praise in Psalm 37, from verses 1 through 7 in the Scottish Psalter. And I'll read the first stanza. For evildoers, fret thou not thyself unquietly, nor do thou envy. Bear to those that work iniquity. Psalm 37. 1 through 7 to God's praise Lord, our Heavenly Father We thank you for these words that we have been singing together Where you tell us not to be fretful We do agree that too often we are fretful Too often we do forget your gracious benefits too often we are not doing what that Sam tells us to do To delight ourselves in God We seem to have so many things we want to do And so many things we want to attend to And so many things we want to have So many places we want to go And yet we do not realise that Without you, we can do nothing. Without you, we can't even be here. Without you, we can't even breathe. For in you, we live and move and have our being. And you've made it clear to us, even in recent days, that life in (coughs) itself is uncertain. We do not have the the bombs they're having in other parts of the world, and for that we are thankful. But we do not know what a day or an hour will bring forth. We ask that our hearts would be changed, that our minds would be renewed, that we would be captivated by the glory and the loveliness of the gospel afresh, that we would taste and see this evening that God is good that we would know what it is to be thankful we commit to you the cares of the families uh, here Lord how a joyous thing it was for us to see the toddlers we might say this morning Uh, lo children are your heritage help the parents and the congregation and the family here to raise these children in the nurture and teaching of the gospel that they would indeed be the church of today and the church of tomorrow we pray for the children of our families And the children with whom we connect In a variety of ways We pray for your cause and kingdom In Scotland where There are many parts of uh, our land Where churches are closing And churches uh, are left vacant And sold for other purposes But give us to know that the church is yours and you have said you will build it and the gates of hell will not prevail against it and you have a purpose for time and for eternity in respect of your people we thank you that you tell us that you will appear in your glory God in his glory shall appear (coughs) when Zion he builds And repairs We this evening pray for those who lead us In our community councils and schools and hospitals Those who have a responsibility in the politics uh, Grant that they would know that you are king And that you are ruling And that all things are naked and open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do But a fast there has been even this past week about so called removal of messages thank you the the message of the gospel has not been removed for us and you know what we are doing with it we pray for those teaching in school where it is a a secular environment and for the children there who may feel under pressure, give them to know that the eternal God is their refuge, and bless them in that. we pray for families who used to go to church in our communities and who, for a whole variety of reasons, some of which may be valid, they do now cease uh, no longer attend the means of grace. In public Speak to us this evening Give us the resolution I'll hear I want to hear I will hear What God the Lord will speak Bless, pity us and pardon us For Jesus' sake Amen We'll again turn to sing in Psalm 43 And sing Psalms Psalm 43 and sing Psalms Verses 1 to 5 The whole psalm Where we are hearing About God being We were hearing a little bit About God being our refuge in the morning And here in verse 2 You are our stronghold And the consequence of Understanding that And grasping that individually And collectively tonight Will be the end of verse 4 And the end of verse 5 I will praise you in the verse five, for I will praise him. Come vindicate me, O my God. Psalm forty three to God's praise. In the hope and expectation that you will do with me And with many others what we've just been singing I will praise him yet We're going to read the shortest chapter The shortest psalm in the Bible There are 31,102 verses in the Bible and we're going to read just two of them Psalm 117 Let us hear God's word Praise the Lord all nations extol him all peoples for great Is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise.
1: The Lord. And let us continue
0: to do that. As we sing Psalm 103. Verses 1 to 4. O thou my soul. Bless God the Lord. And all that in me is. Be stirred up. His holy name to magnify and bless. Our text this evening is Psalm 117 And we've read these uh, two lovely verses You and I are living in rapidly changing times With uh, enormous challenges Facing our families Our communities And the nations of the world You just have to wonder What the outcome is going to be In Gaza And you just have no idea Nor have I What the outcome is going to be in Ukraine In fact the Ukraine story Is almost off the map This last three weeks Or so Then we Might be afraid that there will be a default in one or two of the world's currencies certainly there's a possibility of that Argentine are very near the brink but here we have a glorious psalm a psalm for difficult times this is one of the psalms that Jesus sang after he was with his disciples, we read in matthew 26 that when they had sung and hip and hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives to Gethsemane and on the cross. So this was something that was on the heart and mind of our Savior before he did for us what he has done, after the Last Supper. On his way to the cross He sang what you sang tonight Luther says of this psalm This psalm is a prophecy About Jesus Christ And that all people of all nations Shall know him In fact Luther in his commentary Has 36 pages On this psalm So I venture to say If I suggested I would read them to you You would disappear one by one Or maybe Go quicker than that He said It's a prophecy He said it's a revelation That Christ's kingdom Is eternal That it's instruction That it tells us The way of salvation And that it's admonition An encouragement to praise God. So who am I to tackle this Psalm when Luther took thirty-six pages? The Psalm is also mentioned in Matthew and in Mark in connection with the Great Commission. And Paul uses it in Romans fifteen, particularly (laughs) verse eleven Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, sing praises to him. All ye peoples. So it's a psalm that's used in other parts of the Bible. And it's the middle of the Bible, actually. It's considered to be the middle part of the Bible. Perhaps the middle psalm, whether that has significance, I don't know. It's brief. It's very brief. Worship does not need to be long. You hearing that, William? It's brief. Think of the publican's prayer. Think of the Yorkshire Farmers Prayer. Perhaps you know it. Keep me kept. There was a chap I knew, perhaps some of you did know him, his name was Ian Clark. He was um, the chief executive of Shetland Council when I was a good bit younger. He was quite a figure on the Scottish scene. He was the leader, I think, of Britoil, eventually, which became part of BP. He was a committed Christian. And he, he changed Shetland. When he was chief executive of Shetland, there were 200 I think 200 employees of the local authority 10 years later there were something approaching 2000 he managed to ensure that the oil companies paid their share he was a Christian and he never meant he never went to a meeting without a short prayer Nehemiah with his King had a short prayer. So, worship can be brief. It deals with plurality, the nations. The same word that's used in Psalm 2 why do the nations rage? Nations and peoples, the same word, it's plural. And it's one of what are called the Hallel Psalms. Of which there are six. Psalm 113 they and Psalm 114 they sang before they had the Passover. And the next four they sang immediately thereafter. So the children of Israel when they were having a, a special feast or a special event sang this psalm as they were anticipating it and then the following four psalms thereafter so three points firstly his great love his steadfast love I think some of you might remember I don't know, was it the last time or the previous time I was here, I made quite a thing of the word hesed, the unfailing love. Which incidentally is referenced a lot in Psalm 118, the following psalm. I think it's in the following psalm 30 or 36 times. His steadfast, unfailing love. It's there in Isaiah 54 verse 10. My steadfast love will not depart from you. It's in there in Lamentations 3, I think it's verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Have you been thinking today about the steadfast love of the Lord? Ask yourself the question Have you been thinking about it? The Bible's full of it It's central to this psalm And many of the psalms are full of it The steadfast love of the Lord That never ceases In fact we sometimes use Another word for it A loving kindness The steadfast love Loving kindness Do you know the first time that verse That word appeared In the English language Was when Miles Coverdale Was translating the Bible And translating this psalm He used the word Loving kindness So that's what we would like to think about first His great love then his enduring faithfulness and conclude with the hallelujah chorus not handles firstly then his great love they were recalling his great love his mercy how he got them out of Egypt how he dealt with Pharaoh and drowned him And how he tore tore down the walls of Jericho. Has God done things for you? I I shouldn't need to ask that question because He definitely has. The word "great" that's here is the same word that's used eh, to describe the strength of battle. The strength of the flood. The strength of God's love. His great, powerful, great to usward ever are his loving kindnesses. So great to them that do him fear his tender mercies are. It's great. It's mega loving kindness. His great love. In giving us life In not dealing with us According to our sins If God should mark your thoughts And mine this afternoon We wouldn't be here In giving us life, in not dealing with us according to our sin, in providing the way of escape. Not a way of escape, the only way of escape. By the work of Christ on Calvary, where he bore our sin in his own body, where he became a curse for us. And it's nice to see the two boys here (coughs) Hi guys Good to see you I want you to hold up your hand Right And I want to teach you five words From the Bible And it's about this God Providing the way of escape Five fingers Christ Died For the Ungodly You got it You think so? That's good That's really good, it's a very, very important thing Because of what Jesus did He provided us the way of escape We'll do it again, hold up your fingers I'll do it with you, you can help me if you wish Christ died for the ungodly You got it? Yeah you've got it now Good He provided a way of escape His great love That he gives us life He doesn't deal with us the way we deserve He gives us the, The escape route And he has said Wonderful things to us And he's given us wonderful things Through what he has said He gives us everything. He gives us Himself endlessly, unreservedly, relentlessly, joyfully to rebels, to sinners. He gives eternally and He gives. Despite the cost. That's great love. I think it's time for a little testimony, isn't it? Here is the testimony of Sir James Simpson, the discoverer of chloroform, and also the man who looked after. The birth for Queen Victoria's children. This is his own word. When I was a boy at school, I saw a sight that I could never forget. A man tied to a cart dragged before the people's eyes. Through the streets of my native town, his back torn and bleeding flesh from the lash. It was a shameful punishment For many offences No For one offence Did any of the townsmen offer to divide the lashes with him No He who committed the offence bore the penalty all alone It was the last incident Where this punishment Was administered. When I was a student at university, I saw another sight I can never forget a man brought out to die. His arms were pinioned, his face was already as pale as death. Thousands of eager eyes were on him as he came up from the jail in sight. Did any man ask to die in his room? Did any friend come and loose the ropes and say put it round my neck I die instead No, he underwent the sentence of the law for many offences No, for one offence He had stolen a money parcel from the stagecoach He broke the law at one point and died for it This was the last instance of camel capital punishment being inflicted for this offence. I saw another sight. It matters not when. Myself, a sinner, standing on the brink of ruin, deserving naught but hell. For one sin? No, for many Many sins committed against the unchanging laws of God. But again I looked and saw Jesus, my substitute, scourged in my stead, dying on the cross for me. I looked and wept and was forgiven. And it seemed to me to be my beauty, to be my duty, to tell you of that savor. To see if you will not look and live. And how simple it becomes when God opens the eye. A friend who lately came from Paris told me of an English groom there, a very careless old man, who had during a severe illness being made to feel that he was a sinner. He dared not die as he was. The clergyman whom he sent for got tired of visiting him, having told him all that he knew about the way of salvation. But one Sunday afternoon, the groom's daughter waited in the vestry after church, saying, Must come now, sir. I cannot see my father again without you. I can tell him nothing new, said the preacher. But I may take the sermon I have been preaching and read it to him. The dying man lay before us in anguish, thinking of his sins. My friend, I have come to read to you the sermon I have just preached. First, I shall tell you of the text. He was wounded for our transgressions. Now I'll read the sermon. Hold on, said the dying man. I have it. Read no more. He was wounded for my transgressions. Soon after he died, rejoicing in Christ. Have you asked? Have you cried with blind Bartimaeus? Have you cried with the publican? Have you cried with David for mercy? I heard a story just a fortnight ago about a young man I knew. His father worked with my dad in the coal business. And the the lad was a bit of a lad. He's now, I would think he's probably 50. He was milking his cow at half past four in the morning. And he remembered a prayer that his mum and dad had taught him. And the prayer was, show me myself, the Highland Kitchen Maid's Prayer. He said, the sight I saw was so terrible. I never realized how really bad our sin is. And then I remembered the other prayer and I prayed it. And now I see, whereas I was blind... Now I see His great love For great to usward ever are His loving kindnesses So that's a little bit About his great love Now secondly we will go on and consider His enduring faithfulness His enduring faithfulness He endures I heard last night About the last words That the late Professor Donald MacLeod wrote In April of this year A month before he died I got this from his family yesterday And here are the words Frail as summer flower we flourish blows the wind and it is gone but while, mortal, but, while but while mortals rise and perish God endures unchanging on as based on Psalm 103 it was a, a paraphrase of it that was written about 150 years ago Frail as summer Flower we flourish Blows the wind and it is gone But while mortals rise and perish God endures unchanging on his enduring faithfulness it was Psalm 117 an anthem for a dying lamb but it was also an anthem for the risen lamb Do you want to know the meaning of life? The answer to life's big question. What happens after death? Why am I here? That was the question Al MacDonald asked. When he became Jimmy Carter's chief of staff, he looked out the window of the White House and he said, Why am I here? I thought this would be wonderful. I thought this was what I was looking for that I could command a helicopter or a plane for my own use there must be something else are you asking the big question are you asking what, what is truth, where is it well come to this enduring faithfulness To his enduring faithfulness To him who says to us I am the truth The way, the truth and the life His enduring faithfulness has enormous significance When you are saying to yourself I'm guilty When there's that gnawing Thought in your mind of something you did or didn't do. Said or didn't say. And your conscience. And you become like Macbeth. Remember we were taught it in school. I didn't understand it. Maybe I don't understand it fully still. But Macbeth was so concerned. He said. Can Neptune's ocean wash this stain And the oceans of the world Wash this thing That's in my heart And mind and memory Here's the answer to that Whoso confesseth And forsaketh His sin Shall obtain mercy His enduring Faithfulness Speaks to our wish for finding the meaning of life for dealing with the conscience where we say i'm wrong then when you think about what's the future hold what about the problems the disappointments the difficulties the losses the dark circumstances The thing that happened to you that you don't understand. Cast your burden on the Lord, the great, (coughs) faithful burden bearer. God reigns, God rules. And for his own glory he hath foreordained Whatsoever Comes to pass And his prayer for you Dear child of God Is that of John 17 I think it's verse 24 He wants you to see His glory So the difficulty you are in The uncertainty That you feel Is preparing you To behold the Lamb of God, that you would be captivated by Him as He comes in response to you looking to Him and says, Be of good cheer. Cheer up! Take heart! I have overcome the world. Take the long view. We knew Helen Rosefear. Some of you will have heard of her. She was a good friend. She stayed with us a few times. We published, I think, all of her books. And she thought she would write her last book.
1: So she did. And the book had the title Enough.
0: And what she was saying in the book, she was telling about the time where she was gang raped uh, by 15 I think it was guys and she heard in her mind she thought she heard anyway in her mind God saying am I not enough for you so she wrote the book and it was published and it's a good book then about a year later she said William I didn't go far enough With that book I said what do you mean That's a good book I said you're saying that God is enough for you Enough for you Endless trouble of being gang raped What do you mean She said there's more There's this Count it all joy Huh When you have a trouble, count it all joy. So that was her last book. And she wrote it. Count it all joy. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Perhaps you'd like to ask Jesus. How long will this love endure? And speaking with reverence I believe his answer would be It will take you home To your father's home The same as it did For me This psalm meant the world To our Lord As he was going to Calvary That's a little about His enduring faithfulness Now, hallelujah. Have you said that today? Have you said that sitting there in your heart and mind? I I don't like the guy's accent, I don't like the way he wanders off the point, but Jesus is wonderful. Have you said, Thank you, Lord, you're wonderful. Hallelujah. All people that on earth to dwell sing to the Lord with cheerful voice, him serve with mirth his praise forth tell. Come ye be for him and rejoice. You know, that's what God is after. God wants worshippers. like yourself and myself. He is seeking your praise because you won't be happy till you do so. You got that? He's seeking your praise so that you will not be happy until you do so. Who offereth praise, me glorifies. For he the soul that longing is doth fully satisfy. Have you had a hallelujah moment this week? Because that's what you're made for. You're made for hallelujah moments. You're made for a hallelujah life, a life of praise. That's what your life is for. That's what the psalmist often reflected on. And may we do the same. That I in science, daughters, gates, may all thy praise advance. Seven times a day. i will go to give you praise. I praise you all the day. Psalm 138. The psalms are full of it. In thankfulness. Now, what's the most thankful thing you can do to our Lord? What's the thing he appreciates more than anything else you can do? What's your answer to that? Do you know the best thing you can do to please him? Is receive his gift. it Lassie it's for sinners if you wish to give joy to heaven now say yes I'll take it to as many as receive him I remember as a late teenager the minister leaning over the pulpit and asking me the question can, I, can, you, can you shake hands with a woman of Samaria are you in agreement with her testimony come come see a man that told me all I need to know told me what I am and released me from my burden who knew me inside out come and see him so you receive it you speak of it you give to others a cup of cold water each of you should look not only to his own interest but the interests of others And you should pray with joy. Do you know somebody who prayed with joy? I read of him quite often. He prayed with joy. It wasn't wasn't a nuisance. It didn't invade his time. It was his mindset. It was Paul. To the Philippians. I pray with joy. And what's the last verse of the Psalm book? The last verse of the Psalter. What is it? It's the conclusion, as it were, of all the praise. Psalm 150. Verse 6 Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So please say to one another, say to your children, to your friends, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And may you and I know what it is to experience this enduring love, this great love, this great faithfulness, and enter in to the joy of the Hallelujah Chorus, and have foretastes of the eternal privilege and joy. Of endless praise, without sin. May the Lord bless His word to us. Let us pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray with joy. Teach us to think on You. To resolve, as the psalmist did, of Him my meditation shall sweet thoughts to me afford. That we would have sweet thoughts. Rather than truckles and troubles occupying our mind, perhaps in the middle of the night, perhaps in the middle of some piece of work or some situation, that we would be thinking on you and hear your word saying to us, Consider him, lest you be weary and faint in your mind. Bless the congregation here in every part of its life and ministry. We pray for wisdom and help and grace. As they look for a pastor. Provide that for them. A shepherd. For their glory. For their good and your glory. Continue with us as we sing your word. As we sing this wonderful psalm. In conclusion to your praise. For Jesus' sake. Amen. That's it then friends. Psalm 117. To God's praise. We will sing the psalm together. Let's stand to sing. Lord we thank you for that psalm and the singing of it together and grant that we would live in it and that the the message of it would change our week would make today and tomorrow and every day different that we would indeed rejoice in you bless and pity us shine on us keep us and pardon us